0: Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today we speak with Michelle Huckabay from the state of Arizona about the AGA Fraud Prevention Toolkit, what they're doing with robotics process automation, their internship program, the Arizona management system, and some of the intergovernmental partnerships that they're undertaking. So without further ado, here's Michelle. hello and welcome to the podcast today we're speaking with uh, the state of Arizona uh, Michelle from the state of Arizona and uh, good afternoon Michelle how are you doing
1: good I'm doing well thank you um, it's a pleasure to be here
0: great well I want to start uh, we have a few topics to discuss with you today but I wanted to start off with if you could just give a little background into your organization and what you do there
1: sure I am the Arizona Department of administrative administration deputy controller. Basically, the group that I'm with is um, is part of the Department of Administration. And our Department of Administration provides many services to our other state agencies. So we don't directly uh, interact with the public as much. We interact mostly with the other departments. Mm-hmm. And the group that I'm with, we provide accounting services to our department, Department of Administration. So within that, um, within the Department of Administration, we're part of the General Accounting Office, and that that office provides a lot of different services. Um, they They maintain the statewide accounting system, an internal audit function, and then we're kind of in that group, even though a lot of the functions there are statewide. Um, we're part of that same group even though mainly we're focused on the accounting for the Department of Administration. So I'm part of that group. I report to our Arizona Department of Administration controller, Joe Whitmer, and I, I oversee two units uh, directly as well as I'm just the deputy for the, for the controller and I, and I report to him and, and work on special tasks. For him, but I also have two groups that report to me. Um, we have about 30 people in our in our accounting group for the Department of Administration, and about two interns. the The things that report directly to me are, are like our insurance accounting group and our financial reporting group within our department.
0: Okay, and uh, and I'm guessing, are you all have some folks that are part of uh, AGA chapters as well?
1: Yes. Um, our state comptroller who, is, who heads the general accounting office and is the top accountant for the state of Arizona, uh, Clark Partridge, he's very involved in the uh, intergovernmental partnership as a co-chair. Um, I myself am a president of the local Phoenix chapter and we do have others that belong to the, to the chapter within our office as well as in other departments throughout the state.
0: Okay, great. Well, and uh, I think there's a few topics we wanted to cover um, involving AGA and some of the benefits of you know being, uh, being a member. Um, so why don't we start off with the uh, Fraud Prevention Toolkit. I understand you all utilize that toolkit, and I was curious, how do you use it? Um, how has it helped you all out? And uh, yeah, if you can just kind of give us a little on that.
1: Sure. So, as part of my role, I'm involved. A lot in developing processes or uh, reviewing processes that we perform within our department so that takes me into an area where I want to to go out there and look for best practices as to how to set these processes up correctly Um, you when you're in the middle of following a process it's a day-in day-out kind of process once you once you um, put that in place You don't really have time to think about the design of it Um, that's when you should just be following a a well-defined process so when you develop a new process or you look to change it you want to make it the most robust process you can so that's where i found the fraud prevention toolkit to be helpful is to to go to that toolkit and i specifically will look um, they have it kind of broken up by process among other ways you can look at it and I'll go in there and look at, say, accounts receivable and look at some of the best practices there. So when I'm designing a process and working with my team on that, we look to see that, that we are thinking through some of these things. Um, we definitely aren't... Of a sort where we think that we've got it all figured out ourselves, and that we we are going to reinvent the wheel. We look to see what others in the profession have have set out, what are best practices, what are our potential issues to um, pitfalls to avoid. So that's generally what we um, or where I have have uh, used the toolkit, and I, I I came. In fact, one of the one of my colleagues here at the General Accounting Office, Greg Voken, he. He was instrumental in develop, work, working on developing the fraud prevention toolkit, so that's where I first heard about it, um, but I, I think it's a great tool to, to look towards um, in that way. I'm not an auditor, so mm-hmm. maybe if you're in audit, that you know it takes on a different meaning, but it definitely is helpful in devel- designing processes.
0: Okay, and would you say that it would be helpful for risk assessments or even identifying risks, the potential red flags, things like that?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, I again, when we when we look to review a process, um, that's something we go back and look at, but definitely if you're doing it as part of a risk assessment, um, I think it would be it has a bunch of it has many different ways you can come at it. You know, you might be an auditor you might come at it from that direction. You might be performing a risk assessment. you might, So there's many different reasons why you find yourself at the product prevention toolkit, but I think there's a lot that can be gained from it depending on where you're at in the organization and what you're involved in.
0: Right. No, that's good. And uh, we're actually going to put a link to the toolkit on the the webpage so uh, others can can see it and use it as well. Um, And that leads me to uh, another question I wanted to talk to you about. So I think you already mentioned it. um, You you have sort of an intergovernmental committee there with the chapter, is that correct?
1: Right. Uh, well, it's it's not a committee per se, but what it is, um, it's something that we've we did have um, our state comptroller Clark Partridge just come to one of our meetings and, and present at one of our meetings about the intergovernmental partnership, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of interest on what could be gained from each other. So we we come to these meetings. We have AGA meeting chapter meetings once a month we'll usually either have an audio conference or a speaker present and there's not a lot of opportunity within that setting to interact with one another and learn from one another we work in different parts of state government or even county city different different levels but there are often opportunities to either interact on a specific work situation or there might be opportunities just being in the same profession to learn from one another So we actually had as a goal to have a regional meeting between our chapter, the Phoenix chapter, and the Southern Arizona chapter. So we we organized that with them and we had, so obviously we're geographically in different locations. We have Southern Arizona versus more central. Mm -hmm. We we um, set up a meeting for kind of a more, a, a location that was in between both places and held it on a topic of citizen centric reporting. Mm -hmm. So it was a great topic and obviously something that we can, we can all have a takeaway from that, but it was particularly meaningful because we had um, some of our uh, colleagues from the city of Phoenix show off their citizen centric report and how they go about putting that together. And we were able to learn from that, but we also took an opportunity during that session to, um, to do an interactive activity. And it was it's kind of a requirement to to get together in a group there during, during that meeting with others that you've not met before and, and to learn about their organization. So I'm, I'm really interested, and I think others are in our organization, especially about what Clark was talking about, uh, intergovernmental partnerships and how we can utilize those more, more fully. We don't need to be sitting in our Office and again, and reinventing the wheel. When we, there are others with that have either traversed that situation before that we can learn from, or we're in different parts of the organization and we can we can interact to make government more um, efficient because we're interacting on specific situation. Um, so I think there's great opportunities that are totally untapped at this point, and we're just scratching the surface, but but trying to. To get together more uh, and focus on some of these important topics.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, the citizen-centric reports. I think that's really becoming very popular. Um, we're actually going to be speaking with the City of Fairfax uh, and talking about their citizen-centric report on an upcoming podcast. But uh, I was curious, you know, what did you think of of what 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 you you know when you saw the other uh, organizations CCR and you know what did you think of that and are you guys considering uh, doing one as well?
1: Well, I think the city of Scottsdale, they have a great citizen-centric report. It it's, it tends to get awards I see every year. I mean, it's just visually appealing and it has great information there. So it was definitely good to hear from an organization that's doing this well and to take the feedback uh, that they, you know, they, they shared the good, the bad, the things that they struggle with. And it's something we can definitely learn from. i, I We're at this point, and I'm not in the group that, Generally, would put together that mm-hmm. that um, citizen-centric report from a statewide persec- perspective. But at this point, we do not have one. But we did, and it was it was before this um, before this regional meeting that we had to discuss the citizen-centric report. But we we created a citizen-centric report for a unit within the state of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Our Facilities operations and, manage, or, and maintenance group, we actually cre- did create a citizen-centric report for that unit, and it was a very helpful process. Not only the end result was, I think, something worth um, putting the time into to put together. Um, it's something that summarizes what the organization does, how they're doing, um, what what the challenges are going forward, but it was helpful even going through that for for the organization because they had to summarize in, in such a way what they're doing and how they're doing. It was it was a helpful process, not only because of the output, because of what they gained from the process. Right. So I, I, I would definitely like to do more of those. Um, obviously, it takes time to put these together, but I think as you get into, um, as you kind of establish that framework, as we heard from the city of Scottsdale, it's something that's, that's easier to kind of manage going forward.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I'm just curious, did the did, uh, city of Scottsdale Scottsdale give you any feedback as far as what they're hearing about the report from their citizens or anything like that?
1: Um, I know that um, the, the, they said that they are receiving positive uh, feedback from that. Mm-hmm. I know that they, uh, not only, as part of the presentation, uh, I had gathered together some um, information about how how they're using it, how other organizations are using it. It was kind of interesting to hear how people are using their citizen-centered report. Um, some people are using it um, even in classrooms to help students understand more about government. Mm. Some people are bringing it to their board meetings um, to, to, to share that. Um, there's just a variety of, of ways that people use it. I know one organization, I think this was Idaho, I, I forget exactly what um, at, uh, group in Idaho um, but they they I think they provide it to the media because they often felt like there were certain topics um, that came up during a period, like a year time frame that they were able to to incorporate as part of their citizen centric report to kind of tell the story more because sometimes with the media, it may be uh, it may be only a fraction of the information that gets out. And with you know you have looking at a whole year time frame, there may be more ability to tell your story with the citizen-centric report, and so they found it to be a helpful thing. I, I don't know if they actually sought out members of the uh, media to, to give that to, but it seemed like an interesting idea that it is. The citizen-centric report is a way to tell your story. Um, so I think I thought that was a great one as well.
0: Okay. Very good. Well, so one more one more question about the, um, you know, your intergovernmental partnerships and meetings that you have. So have you had the opportunity also to share, you know, tool toolkits, things like that, or has that been something you can do as well?
1: We definitely could do that in a in that type of setting. Um, we we've had, well, as far as like the regional meeting I was talking about, but we've actually had we had Greg Voken from the Department of Administration GAO as well um, participate. At um, I, I think he did at least one or two different events where he talked about the fraud prevention toolkit, and, and went over it. So that was another way that I found out more about how it how it could be used.
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of spread the word. And that
1: was that was really really good.
0: Okay, well uh, I've I've heard you all are doing some other innovative things. I was curious about. Um, I think you mentioned when I was speaking to you before uh, a robotics type of mm-hmm. pilot or what? so. Explain that a little bit.
1: So I'm not directly involved in it, but I did um, talk with others in the organization that have been involved in it. I know kind of what I've heard, um, but i got a little bit more information to share. Uh, this is robotics process automation, which is kind of a big topic in our world. So it, it's something that our state comptroller, Clark Parchford, had wanted to explore and how we could maybe harness that in in our area. So I know that we are we are working with our contractor ISG to um, to look at and it's not just ne- necessarily like one application, but different applications that are out there that provide this this type of automation. Um, and we've worked with we were piloting this with um, a couple different departments here in the state to look at those tasks that are mundane or routine or rather simple tasks such as. Just gathering data, or sorting data, reconciling data. So, so those kinds of things where it takes a lot of man hours to do it, but is it the most value-added process that somebody could be devoting their time to? Right. So we've looked at these, and I and they'd identified a couple of these to pilot, um, and they actually have neared the completion of the testing of that, and they were looking towards um, making that uh putting that into production i know they're going through a review period just to make sure with our internal audit that that's that's something that is um the process is sound so uh, that's kind of where they're at and they're looking forward to the future of maybe is this something that can be expanded um it sounds like they're pretty positive about what this can do for us again that it that it's something that could take those routine tasks and um Automate them so that people can be freed up to to uh, have their time spent on more value-added problem-solving type of tasks.
0: Right, and I don't know if you know the answer, but do you know what kind of processes or tasks that they were trying to automate, or any any insight on that?
1: Yeah. So my understanding is there, there was one example where there's documents that are created um, through an automated. Uh, system process that uh, tend to reject for uh, one reason or another, and it and it takes somebody going in there and fixing fixing these documents one after another. And there could be quite a few of these documents that have to be gone through each day. So I know that one was when they were looking at, and another one was um, I I don't know the context of this, but it was something where there was there was data in one system and then there was a spreadsheet um, and then the process I believe it was comparing what was in the spreadsheet versus what was in the system and then creating some documents. I don't know if the documents were to make an adjustment because there was this difference between these two sources. I don't really know the context of that but uh, but it seems pretty fascinating um, it, that you know that's something that it could possibly handle and it sounds like it's been successful what they were testing and um, and and they're ready to look forward to to kind of
0: getting that in production. So okay, yeah, no, and actually you brought up an interesting point about the uh, you know, the auditors too because now that's something challenging for them. They have to learn how to audit robotic processes, you know. So Right,
1: right. That, that's an
0: Definitely. interesting piece. Um and actually yeah, again another plug for a future podcast, but I will be speaking with um with uh Craig Fisher from Treasury Federal at the federal level. And because they're doing, they've been doing pilots with um, robotics as well as the blockchain and all these kinds of interesting, uh, innovative things. So I think it's uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see what the, he he has to say, and I might I might mention he needs to go take a look at Arizona too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, a couple more things I was interested in speaking with you about today. Um, one of them is uh, you had mentioned something about uh, there's an, an Arizona management system. So something you guys do there in um, the way that you uh, kind of put lean six Sigma principles into place to kind of improve the way you all do your work. And I was very interested in hearing more about that.
1: So yes, this is this is what they call it here, Arizona management system, and it's just taking lean principles and, and applying this to the state government environment. This is I was looking this um, we have we have a, a website here. Um, That is devoted to the Arizona management system, and I want to share this this vision Uh, This is coming from our directly from our governor governor Doug Ducey here in the state of Arizona And I wanted to share this. This is his vision with us So it says governor Doug Ducey's vision is for Arizona to be the number one state to live work play Recreate retire visit do business and get an education to achieve this vision Arizona is deploying a professional results driven management system to transform the way our state government thinks and does business as one enterprise. State agencies are doing more good for Arizona by tracking and improving their performance each and every day. So one of the aspects that's a key to this is, is having metrics. So what is it that what is it that we should be tracking? What are the important aspects of what we do and how do we develop metrics around that? how do we revisit those metrics against targets so we establish targets and say how we are doing against that so we can know are we getting better are we getting worse mm-hmm. um you know what are the problems that we need to tackle that are keeping us from achieving these metrics so it's it's definitely a results driven so it says that it's not just hey i think we're doing good today you know i think mm-hmm. we're doing good as an organization but actually tying it back to metrics to say what is that what does that look like are we actually because you can measure all this stuff so
0: so is this a daily thing that you're you're kind of thinking about the system and the certain metrics or how you know how often do you measure things and what's the mechanism to measure
1: and so that depends on on the the part of the organization we have metrics that um our, a lot of our metrics in, in accounting they tend to be Monthly metrics, so we do things uh, on a monthly basis, and so we have those metrics. But what we try to do is have some leading measures that will kind of give us feedback about how we're doing before we get to the end of the month to say, hey, we didn't make our metrics. Something that kind of there are um, maybe milestones that go into that that monthly target, um, and it allows us to kind of see in advance how we're doing with that. Um. So it really depends on the organization and what each unit is doing. Whether it makes sense to have a daily uh, metric, that's something that they would be updating daily or or weekly. Um, We have we have a lot of biweekly ones as well that kind of follow the payroll cycle. Um, So it really depends, but we try to build in leading measures that can help us in in advance of getting to the end of that period and realizing that we didn't meet it because then that's obviously disappointing. That um, we weren't able to stop that from from going in that direction. We could have stopped it if we had time to understand that there was that we weren't on target.
0: Right. So, when do you kind of take a pause to review how you've been doing over the last few months, and then actually, you know, recognize areas you need to make improvements and and take actions?
1: So we we're expected to have weekly huddle meetings. Um, some areas have daily, and I, I think. There's definitely a value in meeting and it's not like um, we're going to sit together and we have like an hour meeting these are generally quick meetings where we meet on the metrics how we how we're doing if they're updated metrics from the last week <clears throat> excuse me we we have those we, we discuss it at that meeting that at that weekly huddle meeting we say, okay this is how we're doing um we identify problems that need to be addressed um so we we track those problems and we set next steps or next action items for resolving those problems. So so we're, we are looking at it frequently um, so that we, we know that where we're at and where we need to go and how to resolve these, we're having those those routine uh, checkpoints. We also are expected to do some things here besides, besides getting together as a group and doing that huddle the management is expected to do a gamble walk throughout their areas. That's what they call it, a gamble walk. Hmm. And that's just uh, using some of the terminology from lean. Mm-hmm. Um, but those gamble walks to get out there and see what how how things are going, uh, meet with staff on processes and review those. Um, so just being in touch as a group about where we're at and what things are going on, what things are need to be resolved as problems Um We also have, as part of this again, other aspects that we're following, um, regular one-on-one meetings with our staff um, to do, whether it be staff development, but also to talk about what the issues are so that we have good information as management to see what it is that we need to tackle, what we need to devote our attention to. So it's it's about building a stronger organization and it involves many different aspects. some of them which we've talked about and some that you know are just minor aspects of it but but they kind of all tie together to to help us help us make um, government better to lean processes to um, work better across the organization we have we we're you know it's a large organization there's different units people work together across units and it's uh, really important to 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 have a good process that cuts across the organization and, and realize what those problems are that need to be worked through.
0: Right. And then, so did you mention that there is a website if people, people want to take a look at this and see how it works?
1: Right. There is a website. I think I sent you the link, but I could tell you quickly if you would like. It's, um, it looks like it's https uh, colon forward slash forward slash ams.az.gov.
0: Okay. Yeah, and we'll put a link to that on the on the website too, because I think I mean I, I know every organization wants to improve. So, I'd be very interested to, to kind of take a look at this and see if it's something we could apply. That's great.
1: Yeah, and we do. We have some internal um, we have some internal toolkits that that provide you know different documents that we can use for different things. Um, like for instance, the I mentioned just briefly the one-on-one meetings or the problem solving. We have different tools that they, you know, kind of have provided to help guide those discussions so that I don't believe that's on the, the outward facing website, but it's mm-hmm. something just, just to point out that, that there are tools that we're using as part of this to help us kind of, uh, you know, move in the same direction on this to, to not reinvent the wheel always. So they have those toolkits that we can use to kind of guide us in the problem solving process and they're And they are definitely helpful to use.
0: Great. Well, I have one more uh, question for you, and this um, actually recently spoke with a young professional here in D.C. on a podcast um, that works for a local company here. And, uh, you know, the topic is relevant to the whole country, and that's how do you find the next uh, generation of talent, um, you know, especially as so I'm curious at the state level, you know, what are you all doing to kind of find that next employee, you know, fresh out of school?
1: Yeah, so one of the things that we've really gotten involved with recently is, um, and this, again, I can't take credit for this, another idea that Clark, um, our state comptroller, uh, Clark Partridge, had put forward is having a government accounting intern program here. So we've had interns over the years. It's it's not like new, that part isn't new, but it's kind of new how we're working together. So the different departments within state government here have come together to, to establish this intern program. And what we like to do is we will we will go to meet the firms nights. We'll go to the university and talk about government accounting. We do different things like that to get the message out, as well as just post the position on our jobs website. But once we get we we push post these intern positions out there, and we get interested candidates um, to this program. What they would experience coming into the program is hopefully beneficial to them. They're they're, they're building their resume. They're getting to, to try out what it's like to work in government financial management. They may not have thought about it before. They may not, you know, they're getting recruited by the big four. They're getting, you know, recruited by many different organizations. They may not have thought about working in government accounting. So this is where we get our name out there first and try to get them interested in it but this is a good way for them to try it out you know there's no commitment really what it is that they're getting it's essentially here it's a job for them they do get paid for this intern program so that's that's a plus obviously another plus is that they're building their resume um, they can get out of school and they have this this um, this on their resume that's that speaks uh, to them whereas if they didn't have the experience that you know it obviously um, it's adding to their resume they also get the opportunity, as I mentioned, just to try it out, see if this is something somewhere they want to be, and if they enjoy it, that's good. That's a, hopefully a win for us, but we're also trying them out. So we're, it's a good um, opportunity to – it's a win-win for both sides. They get to try it out. We get to, to see if they might be a right fit, and hopefully at the end of that um, experience, we, we might have somebody that, that rolls into a full-time position with us and, and they might not have even thought about working in government financial management before that opportunity. So i, I found in working with the interns, we have two in our group, and I've I've participated in interview panels with other departments here um, over the I think it's been a year and a half or so on this. That it's it's been really positive experience for them, and and we've we and it you know we have it's another thing to be said is that these are. Um, they're young professionals coming in and they, they have an excitement and enthusiasm. So that's also good for the organization when you have these young people coming in and, and um, they're adding kind of an enthusiasm to the group as well. So it's kind of another benefit. But what we also do here as part of our program is we give them an opportunity to rotate. So they might start like in the Department of Administration and then they get an opportunity to rotate to another department. So it really is kind of a way to see what it's like in state government here, at least in Arizona. They get to see a couple different perspectives on that. It may be different from one department to the other, and they get an opportunity to see different things. So it really is hopefully an opportunity to see whether or not it's something they they want to do. And I, I think that's key. Like as far as what you said about how do we get how do we get uh, people interested in working in government financial management. They, they may not have thought about it before. You have to give them something concrete to look at. They, they have no idea what it's going to be like. Is this, there's definitely things to sell about working in government financial management. And um, if we put it before them and, and get them exposure to it to see that it might be something that they're interested in, I think that's, that's definitely a step in the right direction. It's not, you know, obviously the full answer, but I think uh, we've, we've found that this is a positive tool.
0: Right, and then, so for the most part, are the interns you're bringing in, are they accounting majors or similar backgrounds?
1: So we started out with those uh, that had an account, or that were working on their accounting degrees, um, whether it be an undergraduate or uh, a master's degree. But we've, we've expanded it recently in talking with some of the departments that participate in this that they were interested in getting some finance majors in or economics and we've, we have recently expanded that and just in the last couple of months we've brought in some uh, finance and economics majors in, into um, one of our other departments so right. we it, it's kind of been as it you know it's it's evolved nice. a little bit as um we've gotten feedback from the de, you know the departments sharing they they participate in this the steering committee and they bring their feedback and their ideas and we were just meeting today and we had some uh we had some of the interns that we have now come and discuss their feedback about how they what they're getting out of the program what they would suggest would add to it um, and so we had some great discussion around that and mm-hmm. it can, it's something that we're, we're continuing to evolve
0: right and, and I guess what, one thing I was getting at is I know um, you know when you're in school and you're taking accounting it's you know, there's not too much government accounting classes, I'll tell you that.
1: Right. So,
0: I mean, yeah, so that's something you can definitely provide them a new perspective or something that they didn't probably really know much about, and it's a great skill if they do want to go into government accounting, it's, you know, they're not going to get that really at school.
1: Right, and and if they do go into um, a full-time position, they, they have that exposure already because there is quite a bit of a learning curve um, for new people coming in that come from somewhere else or not. They haven't been working in government accounting. They, they have no idea where to start at first. It's very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like, how is it organized um, is, is a big one. What are all the acronyms? What is, so at least they're getting exposure to it. So if they like it, they've, they've already got a leg up in sort of transitioning into that.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Michelle. I really enjoyed learning about the state of Arizona and the programs and and all the tools and things that you're using there. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today.
1: You're welcome. It's been a pleasure, Paul. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you.
0: Well, that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Visit us at www.agacgfm.org. You can see all the podcasts there, and you can also provide us some ideas for future podcasts. So until then, this is Paul Marshall signing out for Accountability Talks with AGA.